Hello again, everyone. My name is David Bastel, alongside ARIA President David Oikel, and this is the Real Estate Edition podcast. Fall is here. Well, it's almost here. And we have an outstanding episode talking standard forms with Cassandra Agnew Walker, who is the head of standard forms, and Kelly Billings, who is the senior manager, standard forms projects and communications. David, forms talk is always very informative. Absolutely, Dave. You know, whenever we uh, survey our members, uh, Standard Forms is either the first or second most valuable member service that they talk about. So interest in Standard Forms is always high. There's lots to learn. There's lots to talk about. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. And we also talked to them about a new exciting project they have on the go. So let's get to that conversation right now with Cassandra and Kelly. You're listening to this month's episode of The Real Estate Edition with host Dave Bastel and ARIA President David Oikel. Really looking forward to this conversation. Lots to get to here. First, some introductions. Can you start off, Cassandra, by telling the listeners about yourselves? And, and Kelly, we'll get you to uh, uh, describe and, and explain everything you do as well. That's great. Thank you. I'm the uh, senior manager of Standard Forms Projects and Communications. I support the team with project management, analytics, budgeting, member engagement, and various other projects related to expanding our forms resources for members. I've been working with ARIA approximately three years now, so I'm fairly new. I uh, had worked in professional development with a local board for about 12 years. But when I heard that Aria had a position opening, I jumped at the chance to apply because Aria had a great reputation as an employer. And it's been an absolute pleasure evolving in my role ever since. Cassandra? And she's been a pleasure to work with. Um, we have a passionate forms team of about five staff members. And I say about because we have a few halves. We draw from other department areas as well. And um, they're, they're super help. That's uh been a real growth for the standard forms activities. So my role at ARIA is head of standard forms, which means pretty much anything forms and clauses comes my way from being a direct liaison on the standard forms committee, implementing annual updates, working with a third party licensees and legal team. Uh, forms is one of the primary services to members that ARIA offers. And there's many staff contributing to delivering the many resources that we have from outreach sessions, webinars, vital memos and FAQs, forms explained library just to mention a few and I'm pretty much hands-on on all of those and having enjoyed a background of over 30 years in real estate selling I'd say my most favorite part of the my role at ARIA is responding and connecting with our boards associations brokerages and individual members um, particularly when they have questions suggestions and discussions so that's sort of in a nutshell uh, I guess both of us where we're at, at with the association. Your team oversees all the forms and clauses that come out of ARIA. You know, how many forms and clauses are actually available to members? Well, David, there are currently 210 standard forms and over 300 clauses. We provide these in both English and French. And I would add, David, uh, we realize most members, and I'm sure even in your trading activity, you wouldn't use 200 forms. Most of them would only use a few dozen forms in the period of a year. However, of course, because we're providing templates for members across the province uh, and members across the province are trading in all sorts of property types and even all sorts of real estate negotiations. So it kind of warrants uh, ongoing monitoring, but many, many forms that we provide. Yeah, certainly. So... 
the real reason we brought you both on the show today is because you're you're starting a really exciting project that we want to definitely promote because this is a fantastic idea. Cassandra, can you tell us a little bit more about it before we kind of break it down? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Kelly and I together during the pilot and, and during the show, we respond to member questions, extending much of that into practical discussions. I find that um, it's really important we emphasize parts of the form, specific content, uh, detailed wording, kind of as reminders to members, uh, given that they're managing so many, so, so much documentation. Uh, members are faced with many variables in their business, and that includes the variables on the forms and the potential uses. So as mentioned a minute ago, we have many forms and therefore we have compounding many variables. Uh, we do our best to give clear, concise answers. However, uh, I am a little verbose, so we try to keep me on track. And also those in the business are aware real estate situations are rarely black and white or simple in nature. Therefore, we incorporate a few ifs, ands, or buts in our answers uh, while being concise. So Kelly, can you tell us your role in the standard? I'm the co-host of the series. So I moderate the live questions throughout the broadcast and also bring some background and info to the forum's question discussion, especially if the question will connect with recent events or frequent inquiries that we get. And while I totally enjoy member interaction, I do tend to deflect Cassandra and our special guests to provide specific forms use, detailed answers on content, or for a summarized best practice. So that's a great start on this. But, uh, you know, specifically, why did you want to start the standard? You know, David, I think uh, this goes back a few years. Uh, we constantly are trying to think of ways to communicate with members, first of all, uh, provide them forms and information in a most effective way, something that'll work for, for many, many members or as many as possible. And due to the last 18, 19 months of the pandemic, virtual communications has become a prime method for almost all members. Personally, if I were to respond to this many years ago, I've always thought it would be great not reality, but it would be great to be available for members 24-7, you know, to be able to talk with them, help them navigate the forms, the resources, building their knowledge about any form they're using, and to understand, you know, first and foremost, the intended purpose for whatever form they're going to use, and maybe how they need to work with each other, like member to member with the forms. So, so from that perspective, I think it is a super ongoing, something members can look forward to in, in our series, in you know, what we're proposing is they'll be able to chime in every week and sort of have those live off the cuff conversations. And, and that's really what I think has been an aim. Whenever I get a chance to make a phone call I make a phone call, um, connecting with them is probably that primary purpose. As far as the standard works, it's a nice streamlined methodology to get to members virtually too. Yeah. And I think that the, what the last 18 months, as you say, has, uh, has taught us is, is that we can communicate with the whole province in a way that we hadn't really uh, considered before. Mm -hmm. I mean, it used to be that we would do stuff in person. And if you were in a big city, you know, we'd come to you and we would deliver stuff. And if you were in a, a smaller town, you'd either have to drive or uh, not get covered at all. And so I think that this is really a, a benefit that we can uh, deliver something uh, in an equal way, efficiently to the whole province. And I think that we're all better because of that. So, uh, so thank you very much for starting this. Absolutely. You know, if I can add on there, David, a quick little maybe 
comparison in numbers. Uh, we would do 60 to 80 presentations in outreach, getting to large and small communities, and probably, you know, maybe up to 10,000 members. But in this case, not only is it live from getting to similar numbers of members, hopefully more, uh, but they're also recordings. So on top of that, they'll be able to sort of always go back to it if there's a particular topic. So yeah, definitely. Um, and you're welcome. I think it's fantastic. Aria just keeps thinking of more and more different ways of connecting with members. Kelly, did you have anything else on, on the why part? I know that I kind of took over that part, but I know we've got a few different team issues or team thoughts. Well, I think that you and David made excellent points there. And it's, it's true that, you know, doing outreach in person was always a really great vehicle for the information, but now doing it on a platform like we are now and having the opportunity, barring the fact that you're not necessarily in reality going to be available 24-7, this really does give a very important uh, opportunity for members to be able to speak to our forms experts like you, Cassandra, and the guests that we have on the show. Uh, to be able to get their questions answered in real time because it's not always uh, a provided opportunity. So also for us, with the addition of getting that feedback from members in real time, we also are able to utilize those questions and comments and feedback to drive us in decision-making when we're working with other forms, projects, and resources throughout the year. What were the four pilot episodes focused on and how did you come about selecting these four? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is we always have to decide what might be most valuable yeah. to the members. So we, we do try and go as general as we can and then we narrow things down as things progress, as you'll see in the 10 episodes that we have for this specific project. So for the pilot, we had over seven 700 members participate, which was fantastic. Uh, our four topics were ARIA forms for sellers, ARIA forms for buyers, forms for brokerage to brokerage communications, as well as forms related to negotiation and sales, which is one of the most important and of interest topics. So um, we wanted to, uh, to treat the viewers to a sneak peek of what they can expect from the standard. So if it's okay with you, let's do a Q&A here and now. Um, and uh, Let's go through some of the live questions that came in from the members when you did the pilot series. You mentioned those, um, so the ones forms for sellers. So the question was, you know, what ARIA forms have we heard a lot of contention about this past six to 12 months? Um, I'll take that one on there, David. I think that we have always got something contentious. We get a lot of good activities as far as what the market's telling us. The situations in the marketplace across the province they vary, and we have heard more specifically, if I can mention one first, I'll mention a few. The issues around forms collecting seller's acknowledgement for specific entry or access. Um, this is contentious also and topical with RICO. Uh, so members and brokerage trying to manage those documents to get their seller's acknowledgement around access to the property. The next area of contention connected to a, a few ARIA forms was around collecting seller direction and specific offer directions. Um, the importance of educating sellers about the pros and the cons and the seller giving direction, especially around delaying offer conveyance or offer presentation delayed. Um, maybe just generally about offers, what's required in an offer before anybody submits to the listing brokerage. And after those two areas of contention, before uh, we leave this particular question, I'll clarify those two forms 
that are really specific and honed into the seller acknowledgement for access, which is form 208 and the form 244. I think almost everybody knows it by the form number in this case uh, for the seller direction on offers and really about the property as well. It's not honed in only on the fact that it's offer delayed, but that seems to be what's most contentious. Uh, the last area, David, I would say is about getting consent for advertising sold properties. And I know this is probably 12, 15 years in the making, but a few years ago, Standard Forms Committee created a form, uh, Form 170, let me say the form first, it's called Consent to Advertise. And this is particularly contentious because it's more about obtaining informed consent, which is required in particular, in order to have RICO or REBA compliance, uh, what the requirements are. Of course, there's privacy, you know, federally, but I think it's honed in around our provincial legislation. So that form has also been a bit contentious and members just need time to adapt. Sometimes it takes one to three years, but I'd say those are the three areas, David, that are pretty contentious in the last six to 12 months. Yeah, I would agree that uh, the, the no conveyance, uh, the form 244 is one that everybody is very, very well aware of. Uh, and, uh, and, Always a question about that, and I, and those questions aren't going away. But uh, not but always no, happy. Not always happy. Sometimes happy. Sometimes well well versed. Other times not so happy. Not so well versed. But yeah. we work on it, right? Absolutely. Thank you. We will be back after this short break. Join the Aria Realtor Research Community to have your say when it comes to the services Aria provides, the recommendations we make to the government, and the strategic priorities of the association. You'll receive exclusive content and be entered into monthly draws every time you complete a survey. Visit joinarearesearch.com to sign up and join an exclusive community of realtors making a difference. Joinarearesearch.com. Let's continue on with uh, the Q&A. Uh, and if, again, these were live questions and our live questions that happened in these episodes. So from episode two, uh, forms for buyers, uh, the question was, my buyer refuses to sign a buyer representation agreement. How do I proceed? You know, what? that that is ongoing. Um, we had a guest, a special guest, Hugh Foy, actually, in that particular pilot. So thanks for, for selecting that one, David. Um, members can get in a lot of sort of hot water if they wait till the end on one or many forms. And this is one of them is where you don't introduce the buyer representation front and center. A member may have serious issues because actions often establish relationships. So I think this question about the buyer refusing to sign buyer representation, how do they proceed? Let's hope that one, that that conversation is at the beginning of the relationship, the beginning of the services, yeah. because even worse, if it's at the negotiation point, um, you know, you're kind of stuck. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I think brokerage management advice is really important because you have to go forward based on what that buyer presumes you're servicing them as. But more importantly, I think if I were to take it to the beginning uh, where hopefully they are having a discussion, there are options of treating buyers as customers. If they don't want buyer client service, which is what the buyer representation's for, then ultimately there hopefully are options as far as the member still providing services, still selling the buyer a property, however, under different circumstances. So what we did in that particular question was sort of reiterate the importance of timing. And uh, David, I'm sure, David Oichel, <laughs> so I'm calling you both David, but David Oichel, you know how important that buyer representation discussion front and center is so that you don't get into a relationship without actually having clarity at both ends. Yeah, it is, uh, it is so important. And then also confirming that they're not under 
contract with somebody else and asking the appropriate questions to make sure that you dig a little bit in that um, because that's been uh, a concern sometimes that all of a sudden you realize that they've signed a second buyer representation agreement and you don't want to be in that position um, uh, if you're the second person for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for that. Um, so from episode three, um, you know, the brokerage to brokerage forms, you know, a question that we see, uh, you know, with respect to keeping agreements between brokerages out of the agreement of purchase and sale, if as a listing broker, I see such a clause, should I strike it even if I agree with it? Mm. That's a, that was a good question when we got it during the episode. And I mean, really, we find members practice and trade very differently around the province. Alria and the forms team don't direct members in their trading. However, we do state as a best practice that the agreement of purchase and sale is an agreement between the buyer and the seller. It's best to keep all brokerage and consumer issues separated. Yeah, if I can add on to that just a little bit, bang on there. I totally agree with you, Kelly. Uh, clarity for for anything. It could be the initial agreement. Uh, it could be the service agreement. It could be brokerage referral agreement. Whatever it is, it needs to be absolutely clear in advance between the parties. And now this may be brokerage to brokerage, and I'm just going to extend it a little bit. It could be the brokerage and their consumer where they have a special agreement and they manage it separate and apart from the agreement of purchase sale. The agreement of purchase sales between the buyer and seller, which sometimes the gray area is that uh, there's reminders, such as in the confirmation cooperation representation. So you don't necessarily want to put a disclosure, and I'm just going to go a little bit outside of this, but you don't want to put a disclosure about a registrant being the sister of the seller in the agreement. You may put a reminder in the confirmation of cooperation representation, but you wouldn't put it in the agreement. That's not a buyer-seller. So you get clarity in advance, no matter who the agreements are between brokerage, 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 consumer, and then deal with maybe something in the confirmation as a reminder. Um, definitely a huge issue uh, ongoing, and I don't think that's necessarily just prevailing six months. It's it's something we, I think the industry and the salespeople are always uh, needing reminders about. So keep it out of the agreement if it's at all possible. But but we'd never say you cannot because people have certain practice methods and they might actually put it in there as a reminder as well. Not what we would recommend as best practice, but it, it's something that... Um, in the end, it's their trading, uh, their documentation. So from episode four, forms for negotiation and sales, there was a live question asked, what should I do if I receive an email with a copy of accepted agreement eight minutes before the irrevocable time in the offer and I cannot reach the seller to communicate acceptance? What does a person do in this situation? Stress, I don't know, would you agree, David Oil? <laughs> a little bit, eh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? The, the members are the conductors. And I could do this by train analogy. I could do it by horse and buggy analogy. The members need to take hold and control the situations. They are the professional in the middle for a reason. Uh, they need to understand the timing that is required for contact, for communication. I'm going to back this up just a little bit and start with something like contract law, where you need an offer acceptance and communication. And if you can't get to that communication part, then you simply won't have an agreement. You won't have a contract. So it may require you to go back to the beginning. Now, I know a lot of members don't like either considering that, um, and no matter what the stress is, of course, the negotiation just might be null and you got to start fresh. So, you know, it, it's not something pleasant to think about. 
I would hope that rather than the question be, I got eight minutes left is, how could I have avoided this? And I think you've got to allow for the time, you know, again, in the beginning, as far as do you know how to contact your sellers? You know what, if I was next to the sellers, if I was two minutes away, if I had a fact and if my offer actually said I could give notice by email, eight minutes is enough. But if I don't, then I may be, you know, in, in, uh, in some very dark, cloudy areas where I need to redo the agreement if I can't get to the communication component at the end uh, before that irrevocable. Or even in, in many cases, if I can add to that question, I think we discussed it as well in the episode, you've got a condition expiring and you got eight minutes left. You need to make sure you get the communication of the fulfillment or the waiver. Otherwise, it just sort of disintegrates and you got to start fresh. So it's not the end of the world. It is just a little more harried. Um, <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Really, the question should be, what could I do to avoid this? Right. Uh, don't let things go all the way to the end. Uh, not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in, in my brokerage, the training is, is that the email addresses need to be the ones that uh, you're going to communicate the acceptance uh, back to. And in multiple representation, you need to make sure that it's the, the buyer and seller's email addresses and not your own. So it's preparation. Because once you get there and there's eight minutes left, you know, you've kind of missed the boat um, if you don't have the email addresses there. But it's a preparation. And I think we're all pretty good at that. But that's a great question to uh, to anticipate. Mm -hmm. So um, when is the series officially launching? Well, September 23rd is our official first episode of season one. Uh, it'll run every Thursday at 11 a.m. for 10 weeks throughout the fall. Really looking forward to the series launching. So where can members go to sign up? Registration is open. Sign up is available through ria.com forward slash the standard. And we look forward to as many members want to tune in as possible. If a member needs help registering, they can always reach out to us by email, standardforums at aria.com. The team is approachable, eager to help members find whatever they're looking for, anything forms. So, so outside of this new project, you know, you're, you're always busy. Uh, your standard form team offers a lot of great resources to members. You know, you have your AI chatbot, you know, forms explained files, you know, webinars. Um, and so talk about some of those resources and how members can access them. Well, David, just like the registration link for the standard series, all forms resources can be found through the standard forms landing page under the member services tab on aria.com. Once there, members will be able to navigate easily by using the links on the left side of the page. So this would be where members can see, like you mentioned, the webinar recordings, the FAQ files, the ORIA clause booklet, and also where they'd be able to find the summary of revisions file to be aware of annual and ongoing changes. This specific file, which is important to note, will be updated on December 1st for the 2022 updates. So just a quick note to the members, mark your calendars for December 1st to check out aria.com. We start in September telling them about December. <laughs> Takes that long to get everybody. So thanks for that plug. Thanks for allowing us that plug. <laughs> so one of the things that I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about is the AI chatbot um, and, uh, and how many questions that you've received, you got answers to and how members can use that and, and, uh, and how successful that's been. A little bit more on that would be, uh, would be terrific. 
Mm -hmm. I gotta tell you, David, I really thought I could just photocopy myself three and a half years ago when we started thinking of it. I thought I would just talk and the bot would learn. And that's not really artificial intelligence. That's kind of my uh, ignorance on artificial intelligence. But I have grown like everybody does once you get amidst of it. You know what? The, the, the training data that we've entered, uh, a lot about the forums, a lot about the forums resources, questions and answers. The bot is not intended to give members trading advice or legal advice. I know that we even have legal forum on aria.com, but it still, you know, sort of directs them as to what to consider, what the legislation hones in on. So let me stick with our artificial intelligence. Uh, we have well over 20,000 training bites, um, training bits and bites, I guess they call them. The training data just continues to grow. We're kind of hoping that it, we take it from sort of the infant stage to the toddler stage by the end of 2021. Uh, there is so much information that we also have, of course, uh, resounding, you might want to contact the forums team, because sometimes the way members are asking a question, it's like they're talking to a human being, which, of course, I've even done in different types of artificial intelligence environments. So, so we're trying to help the members with, you know, again, continuing their forums knowledge being the forms expert, putting their fingertips within artificial intelligence on resources. So if they said something about the agreement of Persian sale or a notice of fulfillment, the bot will tell it there is a tutorial, there is a forms explained, you know, they'll even identify the general purpose of the form and things of that nature to help them understand, you know, that they're not only getting some of the general information, but they've got many resources to click and shoot and the way they go to keep their, their, um, their knowledge expanded. Thank you very much. That's a lot of a uh, lot of answers to a lot of questions. So I'm excited about that. Finally, uh, I, I'd like to know uh, one last piece of information you would want our listeners to know before we go, as, as we wrap up a, a very interesting chat. I'd like to say, and I have said it many, many times, uh, whether it's in person in the webinars, whether it's in outreach, I having having been a realtor, you can't take the realtor out of me after that long. Uh, I really believe the members are the biggest asset to the forums. We can be proud of the forums. We can continue to develop the forums. We can even tell people about how, you know, they're going to help them. But until the members use them, until the members are the experts, uh, we want them to be the expert on the forums. And we understand they are the biggest asset to the forums. It, they are their forms. Uh, so don't distribute them to the public. The whole thing is that they're intended to be used by members for their trading activity and, and truly, uh, I think at the end of the day, the forms and clauses, <clears throat> the team is eager to help enhance the members' forms knowledge. So that would sort of be my resounding last comment. Other than to reach out to us anytime, it's easy to remember, standard forms, plural, standardforms at aria.com, keeping in mind that we often try to pick up the phone and clarify if it's a trading question or if it's a you got to talk to your broker of record question. But we're still happy to even put your fingertips on things like RICO bulletin resources or GR resources if the question kind of connected to two different areas of area so ultimately trying to help build success in the real estate business for each member as they cross paths with us big message for a little question but there you go <laughs> we're really looking forward to this episode the 10-part series uh cassandra and kelly thank you for joining us you're most welcome it's been a pleasure and we look forward to this series as well
That was a great conversation with Cassandra and Kelly. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that Olaria members and their families have access to LifeWorks, a well-being solution that provides users with 24-7 access to counselors, specialists, and self-guided resources for dealing with all of life's moments. Visit aria.com forward slash LifeWorks for more information and to access the service. And finally, don't forget to check out realheart.ca to read the inspiring stories of realtors giving back to their communities and to share your story. That's realheart.ca. That's it for today from Aria President David Oikel and myself, David Bastel. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Visit aria.com slash podcast for more information, links, and a full list of our episodes to date. New episodes are out the second Tuesday of every month.